I'm reading a book of essays called The Book of Delights. It's by poet Ross Gay. Once a day, he sits and thinks on something that delighted him, and he writes an essay about it. Here's an excerpt from one of his essays. He's reading at Smith College in 2016. He's a tall man, cappuccino skin, with big eyes, and a wide, almost goofy smile, like he just can't wait to share a joke with you. Here's him reading from an essay called Lily on the Pants, where the lily on someone's pants makes him think of the lily in his garden. He talks about drowning in the smell of it. The moving so close to another living and breathing thing's breath, which in this case, the case of the lily my mom and I planted six years ago, will in fact kill you with delight, will end the life you had previously led before kneeling here and breathing the breathing thing's breath, and will resurrect you too. Your face now speckled with pollen, your lips sprinkled with gold dust, your face and fingers smelling faintly all day of where they've been. Amen. And so, in the spirit of delight, in the spirit of finding little buoyant things about our days to focus on, we at the Commonweal decided to talk about something we're all very grateful for. The fact that we're here. That during this time, we're here in the town we're in, at the theater we're at, a part of this community that we love. We decided to tell the story of how we all got here, one by one. Quick, 15 to 20 minute conversations, you might call them mini podcasts, to remind us all what brought us here in the first place, and some of the delightful reasons we've stayed. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the Commonweal Podcast. We're doing this series uh, called Conversations in Isolation, when we cannot be close to people and the same room as people. Uh, so we're creating these podcasts and we're doing them via video chat or uh, over the phone. So I am here with uh, Elizabeth Dunn from the Commonweal Theater. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm, I am doing well. Yeah. Uh, on this uh, sort of frigid uh, day, I mean, sunny, but not quite warm enough to be outside. Yeah, I got out for a walk. The sun, it's, it is warm enough today. Yeah, <laughs> so yesterday was a little rougher. But... Yeah. So, uh, Elizabeth, uh, where are you at? Since we, we're not at the theater, uh, what's going on? Where are you at? I am in our apart. I say our mine and uh, Brant Roberts' apartment, uh, just off Coffee Street, our little abode. Actually, looking out at the sunshine right now. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I'm hanging out at my house, the the normal quarantine routine that we went through. But uh, <laughs> today we're not here to talk about quarantine. Today we're here to talk about uh, kind of your journey in life that led you to the Commonweal. So. Uh, Take us, take us through that. Like, set the scene for us. What was young Elizabeth like uh, before you heard about the Commonweal? And then you, you like, what set the stage for us a little bit? So yeah, okay. So so I started working here in 2015, but the okay. first time I heard about the Commonweal was my senior year of college in 2010. 
Uh, so it's South Georgia, Valdosta State University. Uh, it was a portfolio and resume class we had to take. It must have been my second semester before I graduated. And I don't really remember the assignment, but it was something to do with, you know, knowing we were getting ready to graduate and we're looking for jobs. They had us research different theater companies, you know, that we could, I guess, you know, reach out to and send headshot and cover <laughs> headshots and cover letters. Um, this probably would have been before up does you know, that big job fair where you go, a lot of actors go to get, um, try and get work. And whether it was a Google search or I don't know what I stumbled across the common wheel. Um, and I sent a cover letter and headshot and I was so, um, like, excited by the idea of this like small little arts community I had never I mean I did a lot of traveling with my family when I was younger but I'd never been to Minnesota before so um, just something about um, their mission or something you know at that time grabbed my attention um, I did not get a call back <laughs> or hear anything which is fine the way you know my life unrolled from there was for the best um, <laughs> So yeah. I really didn't think much of it until a few years later, um, I was working for a children's theater, Prairie Fire Children's Theater, and I had a good f a friend that I met there and became good friends with, Anna Hagedorn, um, and she got a, she left the children's theater and got a, um, a apprenticeship at the Commonweal, and we stayed in touch, and um, over her time here, and a few years later, I was living in Chicago, and I... I guess I didn't have enough money to go home for to Georgia for Thanksgiving, but I was like, oh, but I can rent a car and go visit her, and that'll be a nice. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know why that was the alternative, staying in Chicago with friends. But anyway, I came here and spent Thanksgiving here, and that was my first time coming to Lanesboro, um, and it was around the holidays, you know, so the town just looked so charming. I've heard it described as like a little hamlet, and like that's yeah. exactly how it felt. Um, and so over the next year or so, I would come and visit her. Um, and then when, when you say Thanksgiving, did you, was it Resgiving? Where did they host yeah. Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. So Resgiving, uh, <laughs> for people who are like, what is, uh, the residence where they house the artists, um, who don't have their own apartment or permanent housing here in Lanesboro. Um, it's like a big apartment complex kind of, and we haven't really done this in recent years, but we used to have, there's a kind of a middle room that connects the two sides of the house. Kind of looks like a little bit of a tight, small dance studio. Yeah. Uh, and they used to gather there and anyone who were Thanksgiving orphans who didn't go to their families or elsewhere would, would have Thanksgiving there, which is exactly what I was that Thanksgiving. I was a Thanksgiving orphan. <laughs> I can see why that would be super, like, like a super positive experience and like oh man this is like a community i want to be a part of because you mm -hmm. like you drive and then you're with people at this cool small town yeah and it's just like all these theater artists and they're making theater and doing art and you're like oh this sounds so cool that's exactly how i felt because i remember <laughs> like i went on a walk on a trail like she must have had a meeting one day and i was like oh my gosh like they live in this cool rural arts community and they have the trail and they have the river and then they get to have their theater job is their full-time job I, I don't have to have a second job um and everyone is kind of hip hippie crunchy granola lives here like yes i want all of i will fully admit i wanted all of that 
So take when when was that that you came for for Thanksgiving? That was the, so the, yeah the first time I was there was th- 2013. Okay, so that was still two years right before you came. Yeah, you came in yeah. 2015. Yeah. So then, did you just kind of like keep uh keep him on the radar? Did you like send Hal a million emails? Like, how did you? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean I never. Job? I well I liked it and I but I never actually considered that I thought it might be part of my life trajectory or anything until later. I, so I left the children's theater. Oh, oh wait. Okay. So I was living in Chicago. I'm forgetting my own lifetime. Right I was living in Chicago. <laughs> that was great and really hard. And eventually I was like, me and Chicago got to part ways. So that was in this like March of 2014. And I went back to the children's theater. Cause I think I thought at that time, like my friend who is now the executive director there, um, he was the managing director at the time. And we're like, oh, we're gonna make something of this, and we're gonna we're gonna take over the company. Or <laughs> that did not happen. And I realized <laughs> I love this company, but I don't know that it's what I want. You know, I don't know that it's where I want to be forever. So I was like, what else are my options? And so that's kind of when mid 2014 is when it kind of came back into my. What about this place? Um, and I kind of realized my way in would be applying for the apprenticeship. So I came down to audition. Actually, it was Thanksgiving. It would have been a year later, which (laughs) it felt like it was much longer, but a year later I came down to audition around Thanksgiving. And then I heard in January of 2015 that I was accepted into the apprentice program. You were in, you were an apprentice officially. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) So what's, what's that like? What was that like? Like you came down and all... Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And... <laughs> yeah, I I didn't really have any preconceived hopes or expectations, really. I mean, you know, I was looking for something else. I was looking for something a little more um, stable than, you know, being on the road or, or being poor in a really big city. <laughs> um, and I knew that a big part of the Commonweal was that, you know, the artist administration model. So, yes, you're going to be acting on the stage. But then where else do you fit in to that puzzle of doing admin work or you know, development, marketing, production? And so I really did not, you know, I paid attention to my classes in college, but I really didn't know anything else um, about working in theater beyond, you know, being on stage and a little bit of box office. So I was very excited and open to, um, you know, the opportunity to, to learn more uh, about this, about this field. And what yeah. it means to be a small business and and produce theater. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite memory from your uh, apprenticeship year, or is it all like crazy hectic? <laughs> can't remember anything. <laughs> um. Yes, to both. Uh, one thing I've <laughs> talked to a lot of people in the company about this, um, and I don't know if it's time at the Commonweal or time at Lanesboro. It all just sort of starts to. Um, like ebb together and you're like what year did that happen in (laughs) but there are you know there are certainly um a couple of milestones that I remember and I guess I would have to admit that at least that year that's when I met uh, Brant he was working here as a seasonal and we (laughs) he I think he started full-time and he's actually sitting across from me right now he just came home (laughs) um but he was working at seasonal and he became full time. I think that October. But anyway, we became friends and then we started dating in the fall. And that was not nothing I ever expected or planned. Um, you know, meeting someone was 
far, far back in my mind. So that was a, that was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but that's pretty exciting. And then yeah. when did you when did you find out that you were going to stay on? Like, how did it, how did that work? When did you decide to do that? Um. You know, I have to admit, I kind of went into this apprenticeship hoping that it would be a good uh-huh. fit for myself and for them, that I was a good fit for them, and I was hoping something long-term would go out, so uh, long-term would work out. So I don't know if it was, you know, it might have been in the fall, so I'd been here for a handful of months before I was like, you know, hey, I'd like to stay on, and here's what I think I could offer. Um, and so I had a meet for leadership or some kind of committee um, where I was really nervous because <laughs> they're asking a lot of questions, which none I remember now. I don't even remember what I said that I could offer. <laughs> but it was it was fortunately a good enough of a relationship, I think, they felt for them and, and for me as well that they thought, yes, um, you can stay. You can be a part of a resident ensemble. So I am very grateful that that, that, that all worked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So do you have a favorite part? Because I feel like Commonweal is so a part of Lanesboro. Do you have mm-hmm. a favorite part other than the Commonweal of like being here in this community? Yeah, I I mean community was never just that just that word, just that generalness right there was never anything I thought much about or was important to me before moving here. Um you know, I mean, like Prairie Fire, that children's theater company is, that's a family to me. That's a, that's a community that's important. Um, yeah. You know, when I lived in Chicago, I was a part of the improv community. So that was kind of important. But like, it has not been, an, it wasn't until moving and working here that I really understood, I guess, the importance of community and, and, and the impact you can have on it. For example, I was thinking of earlier today, you know, during this whole COVID pandemic, um, you know, if we don't do well, then the restaurants and some of the B&Bs maybe don't do well and vice versa. Um, so I guess it's just been really meaningful and impactful to feel like, you know, where you live and, and how you interact with others, it really it has an impact. Um, so yeah. so in that sense, so just kind of jumping off that community level and then broader, broader ooh broader than that um you know I just kind of joke about how my inner hippie is happy now that I do get to live in a region I mean Lanesboro and beyond this driftless region where like if you know you want to go out and go on a bike ride or go on the trail like we can literally walk out our door and walk across the street and be on the root river trail and go on a bike ride or go jump on the root river and there's, you know, not too many places where you can have your cake and eat it too if you're a theater artist yeah. or, you know, any kind of job that you can go and do that. So, um, I yeah, just living in the whole Driftless region um, has been really rewarding. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I love that we're, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere here at the Commonwealth, but at the same time, like, there's a lot of fun things close by to explore. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good parks and there's a lot of good you know, camping sites and places to get out and it's beautiful area. And, you know, so I, I feel like, especially during the summer, you know, when, when you have time, there's places to go that are fun and enjoyable. That's one of the things I've enjoyed about being here at the common whale. Yeah. I thought I am surprised that being in a town of like about 800, I have never been bored. (laughs) 
Hey, that's good. <laughs> Which is surprising because, yeah, I've never been really been bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Even now, in the, in your quarantine time. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, no, that's, that's not fair. That's not fair. I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> so in terms of like, that's like the community around, which I, I, I've grown to in, enjoy and love as well. But in terms of the community, like on stage, have there ever been a show or like an experience that's really stuck out to you as far as like, I don't know, what made you want to stick around more at the common wheel? You know, like a, a favorite memory or a favorite uh, show or. Um, I guess there, I mean, it might just be that they're in my recent memory, but I feel like the last two years there's been some shows that I've been part of that have really um, kind of meant more to me than other shows. Um, Dracula, Scott Dixon's Dracula in 2018, that was one of those um, yeah. because it was Scott's show and um, it just felt very much like an ensemble, like I was a part of something that was bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Um which, you know, I think is usually the case doing theater, but I don't always feel that. Um, and an ensemble is what one of the reasons that I do theater. And so that feeling carried over as well to Boeing Boeing, that <laughs> cast and crew. I mean, the, all the cast and crew yeah, and director. Yeah, Boeing Boeing. Uh, <laughs> what? Sorry, I was in Boeing Boeing, so I have to give a shout out as well. Shout out. But it's, I mean, it's true. I mean, A, yes, it was a lot of fun, and I got to flex um, my comedy muscles, which I, <laughs> that sounds so gross, <laughs> but I got to do comedy, physical yeah. comedy, which I do. Where are I those located? <laughs> <What's> she, oh, <laughs> well, just below your, no. Um, so yes, I like that aspect, but really like, I mean, you guys came off stage laughing, like at the end of act one, like every time. And so that was a, that whole ensemble experience, um, and, and feeling like the audience was so much a part of it too, every show. That was a good feeling. So those two, and I would even, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, would you say that like, cause you're both of the shows that you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the word ensemble or like, a, like that sort of group experience. Is that mm-hmm. something that you look for in theater? Cause I think one of the misconceptions about theater is like, in theater people is like, we want to be the star and we want to have the <laughs> biggest part. <laughs> Uh, and here you are mentioning twice in the two experiences, like the community, the ensemble of it all yeah. sort of is what, what drives you. Is that, is that true? Like talk more about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly like we all want parts that we can like find a way into, like we can empathize with the character. Maybe or there's just something about the role that you're like, I can't wait to dive into this. Um, but it not, might not be the lead. Um, so yes, there's that, that aspect, but yeah, I mean, for me personally, like, I don't, you know, what do you have there if you don't have an, an, an other on stage with you? Like, um, I think so many actors, probably all actors agree that, like, there's so much energy there that you can feed off of that, um, I mean, I think that, yeah, that's why that I, I like doing theater in general is, like, you are able to connect with people um, in an artistic way that, like, maybe we kind of wish we could do more with people in real life. Like there's so much that mm. is said. Um, you can say and do anything on stage and know there's going to be no 
I guess, repercussions. But in real life, you know, we censor ourselves more. So it's almost like you're getting to, I don't know if other people would agree with this, but sometimes I wonder for me if it's almost like you get to live um, honestly on stage the way maybe sometimes we fantasize about doing in real life. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Maybe if there's, there's well, it's it. it's true. Shows are all about those peak moments in people's lives, right? They're all yeah. about like the most important whatever, the most important day, the most important experience, the most important relationship, because that people we want to see that peak in people's lives, and it doesn't always happen in our own life. You know, there's yeah. a lot more like doing the dishes than people would ever want to see in my life, or you know, <laughs> <laughs> on the life maintenance stuff. I had an improv, I think this connects, but I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, I had an improv teacher who was saying that um, a lot of things that pe audience love watching shows or things that they laugh at sometimes might not always be like the funniest moment, but that it's people love being able to see themselves on stage or something mm. relatable. And so I think that's another aspect too of why it's enjoyable to do it and why it's enjoyable to watch it when you're having those um, in your relationship on stage where you're having a hard conversation or you're, you're being honest because I think people get excited by that idea of that is familiar to me and I have wanted to say that to that person or I wish this or that or the other. So, yeah. yeah. And also why it's important to have representation. You know, yeah. if it's a show of only men and you're a woman in the audience, you may not feel quite as connected or if mm -hmm. it's a show, you know, like it's important to represent uh, people, gender, races, all that sort of stuff, because y you want to see you yourself on stage. You want to see situations and people like you, you know. Yeah, people need to feel seen. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in in sort of wrapping up, is there like a final favorite, either Commonweal or Lanesboro memory that you could leave us with? You know, just like, like something to, you know, keep in our hearts and minds as we, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this and I, I want to, I wanted to share a funny story, but you know, the thing that sticks out to me, um, so I'm going to have to go with it. Um, uh, when Scott was sick in 2018, um, you know, blue was the color for col colorectal cancer awareness. Mm -hmm. I hope I said all those words correctly. Um, and, um, the community was just so in supportive of Scott and Stella and Kieran and their family during that time and still is. And I remember across the street from the Commonweal is the grant. Well, it's where the granary used to be. Is it like an old silo? I don't know what yeah. it is, but, um, I think it was Cheryl and Rick Lehman who own stone mill suites next to it. They, um, put blue lights around the the building, and so at night the whole thing was lit up with blue lights. And um, you know, I've lost grandparents and I've lost people in my life, but I've never felt that impact of a person um, that they have in the community that like they were showing that they're there and support. And so that that is just always something that's stuck with me and been really beautiful. And yeah, coming back to that community is important and we're all a part of it yeah we're all in this together we're all in this together we all do better when we all do better paul wellstone <laughs> all right i don't know uh, cool
Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking a little time out of your uh, your day to talk. And, Thanks. Uh, we, yeah, we'll have you back on soon. All right. Peace out. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to donate to the Commonweal Theater, you can go to commonwealtheater.org. That's Commonweal, like Commonwealth, but without the TH at the end. That is also the best place to find out updates about our season, when we'll be back on stage, when we'll start rehearsing again. You can also find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're posting nearly every day, and we would love to hear from you. Once again, I'm Josiah Lobenstein, and thanks for listening.